you're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hello, you guys. I hope you're having a good day wherever you're at. It's a holiday episode, so maybe you are listening to this around Thanksgiving. Maybe you're just listening anytime around Christmas or whatever you're celebrating. I hope you have a wonderful time off. Or if you're just like, no, I'm in my car driving to work. Krista, don't rub it in. Like, I get it. I'm here. I love you. So anyway, let's have fun together typing some Little Women characters today because we know this might be an episode you're listening to with family or friends or just wanting to hang out and chillax and not get into stress. But if you need the stress, I'm like, if you're on YouTube, I'm like literally like sneaking saying this. I have all these episodes ahead for you. So just go back a little bit and then come up ahead and we'll have some help for all your conflict. You know, my book is out there for you. So we have you, we have you covered and I want to make sure that you know that so that we can just have fun today and relax and have some joy. I certainly have needed just a little bit of downtime because I was traveling in Chicago. Then we went to Orlando this past weekend for dance revolution. Melody was there as a student all weekend. Hannah was there as a teacher slash student, which was really cool. She got to take teacher choreo classes and dance some of the senior and junior dances. And I was slapping around as dance mom, but also having fun with my mom friends. And we had a blast. So I loved it. I was so ready to come home. Oh my gosh. For those who have been through soccer tournaments, dance, whatever, um, thankfully, soccer was canceled this weekend. <laughs> Everything else was off. Dance was the only thing on, but literally, it was the only thing on. And Wes also had um, a guy's night. So he had a bonfire men's night at home with Jack, and we girls had this fun time. But I was ready for some rest. And then we're also going to Michigan for Thanksgiving. So it has been a busy time. And now I'm ready, like I said, for just some fun. And we are cooking like this week in our home. Melody and I are making a mini Thanksgiving with some of our favorite. Favorites, and I'm calling it a minimalist Thanksgiving so that we can really, you know, be on point with style, but more importantly, not have that many dishes. Um, and then also uh, pop in for all of my siblings. Uh, they've been getting together all these holidays without us. When you guys, some of you feel me when you live out of state, you get all these schedules and you can't always travel with kids. And my daughters have even through Wednesday, some big things. And then one of them is serving on Sunday. So it's just a very short few days trip, but we're going to roll in for a family football game. And my brother's skipping the Motor City Chess Tournament. And we're going to have bowling time as an extended family because my family up there loves bowling. It's really good at it. Some of my nephews are getting these games where they're like, I got a two- I don't know, 70 or something like amazing ones. Um, 
And so I'm just excited to get to be with my people. And then also, of course, just be with you here for a fun episode. So take a deep breath and wherever you're at, just join me in falling into some fun with the Alcott author, Louisa May Alcott, one of my favorite authors. I don't talk about a lot because I kind of wore her writing out when I was a new mom. I got, of course, you know, had been reading Little Women since I was a kid, watching it constantly. I watched the old, super, super old um, episode of that. I'm trying to even think of who was in not an episode. It's a movie, but um, I think June Summers episode. Anyway, I can't even remember the name, but it's like a 1920s, just when TV was coming out sort of uh, star episode. And then I, of course, went through the Winona Ryder phase and Gabriel Byrne. And I want to puke when I think about them together because I did not think they were the right fit. I liked Christian Bale better for her, who is Lori. And then now we're up to the more recent Little Woman, which is so funny how we all have our differences. That's my daughter's favorite, um, the Greta Gerwig Little Woman. I love it. The soundtrack, absolutely adore. But I really have to say that there is a bit of variance between the books and the movies and everything. Like I said, prior to, I was obsessed with this whole saga and then her other tales as well. So I haven't picked up this uh, typing for a long time. You might have heard us talk a little bit about it when Melody was referring to the book Joe and Lori, who, which she still loves and she's actually given as gifts to friends um, where she and some of her type five friends, they will actually um, inscribe books to each other now. One of the fives started doing that and, and also hiding little Easter eggs inside the book and just having so much fun uh, where there's gifts on certain hidden pages and it is just giving you that clue that it is such a fun little way to gift a friend. If you have a book you want to recommend, oh my gosh, to walk through it with them and inscribe and take notes on the interior and then to gift it to them. That is something that I feel like their friends take it at another level. Like I thought I was amazing that my friend Heather Hubacher gave me two turtle doves from Home Alone 2 in eighth grade. Um, and apparently <laughs> they have usurped this and now they are doing these kinds of annotations. So anyway, good idea for you out there if you have a friend you really just want to bless this year. Um, but now here we are at our you know fun part of our Black Friday and our week. And we're just about to jump into actually typing out these characters. So, um, and I'm going to make an announcement at the end about our course too. If you saw our email, we have a very special course. So I'll share about that at the end. But um, as far as just for the fun and playfulness of it, if you know the story of Little Women or if you don't, very, very briefly, it's a story of four sisters who grow up in post-war with their mother in Concord, Massachusetts. The father has been off fighting uh, for uh, the, you know, everybody in the United States to have freedom in the Civil War. And um, he's actually a, um, in real life, I don't even want to talk about him because he stresses me out in real life. I've read way too much about him. <laughs> But in the story, he's a reverend and he's very reverent and he's a wonderful person. So I'm not typing him because we're trying to have fun this week. But other than that, I do want to let you know that the mom, the four daughters, and some of the suitors will type a little bit. But there's so many different personalities going on amidst the girls. And it's very much a story everybody can relate to, whether they had sisters, brothers, of just coming of age and the hardships of learning propriety 
community and of learning how to, um, you know, fall in love, how to try to stop falling in love when you're too young to fall in love, how to wait, how to be patient, how to hold in passions, how to let them go at the right time, how to refine, how to really allow for grief to take hold and to settle and to move through it. It's just a poignant tale and you can see why I probably exhausted it. Um, but <laughs> But now we can have some fun with it together here and even, of course, occasionally revisit it. But I did that with Wizard of Oz. I did that with Ewoks when I was little. I did this with this movie um, and some of my movies like You've Got Mail, While You Were Sleeping, um, Serendipity. It's like, I don't know about you guys. Sometimes I'll just exploit and then I'm like, I'm done with it for a while. So I had that. And now I'm coming back to Little Women. So we have the four sisters, which are Joe, Meg. We also have Amy and we have Beth. And so Joe is somebody who is seen as a very rambunctious girl who is obviously in these times of post-war, she's trying to find, even actually during the war, she's trying to find her way uh, into the fray of it all. She desires greatly to be part of the charge. And there's very eight energy with Joe. Now, both of my daughters described her as a seven. And I think anyone with very big three, seven or eight energy has and will always have a piece of Joe with them. So I can't take Joe from any of you. Um, even some of you who are one sexual, one very feisty, you might feel like Joe is you. And so I don't want to ever take Joe away from anyone. Um, Hannah wants to maybe name one of her daughters, Joe. Um, she maybe wants to name her Ramona Joe, because I named her Ram uh, after Ramona Quimby, the rambunctious little girl in the Beverly Cleary series. And she's like, but mom, if I have a Ramona Joe, she's going to be way too much trouble. So <laughs> she might have to just pick between but Joe is this person who has a uh, lack of boundaries and really has struggles with refining her temper. And that's where I think the eight comes in. And if you ask me, I think she's got eight wing seven vibes. Um, but like I said, the girls were all about seven wing eight. And if they ever kind of relate me to a character, they're always like, mom, you're so Joe. Now that I think is the writing overlay. Joe, cause Joe also happens to be a writer. And so I think they may be, um, I think they may be, uh, you know, putting those two things together a little bit. But either way, this is our take. And you're getting the collective of the Hardens on, uh, you know, whether we're colluding here somewhere between the seven and the eight for Joe. And then we also have one of the other older girls is Meg. And she and Joe are the counterparts to each other. A bit of a yin-yang going on there. I think that Meg is a one wing two. And I was struggling a little bit between two wing one or one wing two, but both of my daughters are great at typing and they were both like separately. I interviewed them separately. They both said she's a one. And I thought, you know what? And Hannah just had, you know, a burst of mom. The reason she's a one wing two is she has a lot of anger when she's kind of just stuck being the proper one. And she's like, you know, make sure you take good care of my things, Joe. You're always burning everything and burning your hair. And I guess I can very much relate to the Joe of that, but definitely. And also having a one Megish sister and my eldest sister. And I think that that really, um, also makes me feel like she's so sweet when she goes to a party for those of you who remember and she gets a little tipsy and she gets in trouble for that from a friend her friend judges her and you know she just I I kind of just feel for her I'm like you know gosh ones can't ever mess up like and people hold her to such high standard and yes her friend was right she's worthy without drinking he made every good point about that but to be completely honest I also felt like um 
you know, I could just appeal to that part of her who's a one who's like, I'm not allowed to have fun, but also very prudent and responsible. And even when she later in the uh, show, she desires fancy things and find things for a once in a while treat. Her husband chides her a little bit about that. He's the tutor, John Brooke, and he's really practical. And I'm not going to pause on him for too long, but I think he's a bit more five-ish or possibly another one. And so he's tutoring, he's teaching, he's excellent with studies. Um, um, but he is proper. And this is something that he expected was that she would not go over budget. So that's where I get my five slash one with her affianced and then later married John Brooke. And I do love their love story. He has a valiant part of him where he goes off to fight in the war and they wait for each other. The musical was Sutton Foster and the whole gang is also amazing. Got to see that when Hannah was a baby. Um, but the truth is it's just such a wonderful story and you get to see their love, even though they're they're just one of the many, many, many couples of the time and now who have love, even if not money. And I know that rem reminds me so much of my mom and dad when I have that letter from my mom where she's like, man, we're having our fourth kid, me, and they want me to abort, but I'm not going to even if she has to wear hand-me-downs because we care more about love than um you know, who cares if our child's in like Salvation Army clothes once in a while. And anyways, what's funny is I loved thrifting as a teenager. Now Hannah does. Um, and I don't even care. Like maybe that's why I don't care as much about clothes sometimes. Um, but working on that instinct, because I know that uh, I want to be balanced with all things. But now that I'm processing that, I'm like, hmm, now I know I don't care about that as much. Okay. So moving on to another sister yet, we have Beth. And Beth is very precious. Both of my girls uh, described her as very shy, reserved. I would absolutely echo the same. When I was little, I was very shy. I thought I was a lot like her. Um, but they both typed her as a nine. And of course, none of us would think she was a seven if you've seen it or read it. Um, but she really is somebody with deep care. And they also, Melody said almost five. And I thought of that too, because she really has a passion for learning piano and the research behind that. It's not, you don't see her in sloth as much. You see her in a state of feeling shy and withdrawn and weak. And she gets weak weakened by disease. And so it's a precious, uh, you know, hard part of the story when she gets scarlet fever and she is uh, very caring. And I see fives and nines is very caring, but I will say that's the nine side I see when she goes and takes care of those humble children and she, uh, you know, takes the place of her mother as a thoughtful leader of giving. And oh my gosh, I'm not going to cry, but that makes me want to cry the way that she's caring on her mother's giving legacy. Okay. So, um, you know, type her within that nine, five range, maybe even a bit of a two. And I think we're in that good Samaritan range if we looked at the five, nine, two tri-type. Um, so I think that as we move on to the last sister, Amy, we will notice that she is in the heart triad. She is all about attention and feelings and, you know, display. And she is very in that three state in that way of wanting to be the most popular girl to get the lemons because they're in fad, what's most vogue and popular. And there's a lot of four with her being the artist, but she's very practical with it too. And there's even some one in that way that she's like, hey, I, I know what it takes to be an amazing artist as she grows older. And she's like, that's not me. But to be honest, I am decent at art, but I know amazing art when I see it. And she was able to more allow herself to have the refinements of love and to eventually marry Teddy. We haven't talked about yet, but we will in a moment. And she was able to enjoy him as a, you know, a patroness of his riches and just really make a good life for herself out of these kinds of achievements. Um, and these were based off of the four March sisters in real life. Um, so I was very pleased. I mean, the Alcott sisters were, uh, the March sisters were based off 
of the Alcott sisters in real life. And, you know, I was very pleased to know that and to really, uh, I enjoyed going and visiting this town a couple of years ago with my family on our trip to Boston and seeing their graves. It was just beautiful to see. Um, I know, and, um, real life. She had a sorrow. She lost a daughter young and she had, I believe, named her Beth. And so they had a lot of hardship, but also a lot of joy, even at the discovery where she's like, look, I want to be good. I want to be um, very styled. I want to have what I want. Um, But she also had very deep love and she really did have that huge heart. It's just, she was sort of not the center of attention, but really craved it and wanted that and needed that. And so sometimes that exasperates people when they're with their and they're like, I need the center of attention. And um, I had a sister like that, but now we're the best of friends. And I can tell you now she needed that attention. So I'm sure we can give that same sympathy to Amy. Um, Also, I think we can add to it, like I said, that there are four elements to her in that four wing. And Melody actually typed Amy as a two. And she had some distinctions between, you know, she's like, she's a two in the older movie, three in the new um, with Florence Pugh. But she really likes Amy in the sense of, you know, heart type and the love that you do get to see underneath when you're really looking for it. Um, And it's not as fair when we get to see her as a very little girl, and then we have to see her grow up. I loved when she was really little in the Winona Ryder, Kirsten Dunst um, movie. I thought that they did a really good job too. So that's a, this is, I'm, I'm really prior, you know, to this Greta Gerwig, I'm really um, happy to refer you to the Winona Ryder because that is my favorite. It has the best soundtrack. Although arguably my girls would say the newer one has the best soundtrack. So all of that to say, um, these are our four sisters and we also have some fun side characters. I think that, um, to really uh, categorize Aunt March is almost unfair. I'm just going to say she's in a crotchety state of life. I hate that word, but there we have it. And I think that we also have to have a little moment on <laughs> the uh, the love interest of the, the story outside of John Brooke. He, as I said, is Meg's love interest, a poor tutor. But we also have a very well-loved suitor of the story, Teddy, the next-door neighbor, Theodore Lawrence. And he is, I think, a four. Now, Melody typed him as a six and a counterphobic six at that. And so I could totally see that. I could see sexual four or counterphobic six. But I do know that I love Timothy Chalamet, the way he plays him, also, as well as Christian Bale. Um but it was hard for me to, uh, you know, really get into, uh, you know, the reasons why Joe didn't want to be with him. And that's like a whole book. And that's why Melody had to do that whole episode with me on that one time. But I do understand that sometimes it's more like a sibling relationship than a love relationship between lovers. And the polarity wasn't there enough for Joe because she was such a, a strong temperament that whatever temperament he was it felt too brotherly for her. And you probably have people like that too, where you're like, I think I could be attracted to them, but there may be too much similarity. Um, There also may be people where you have a chemistry, but you won't even admit it to yourself. And so this is, I think, the angle that my daughters take about her is that she... um, she did. And there's some regret. Uh, and I've actually read that too. Um, and, and seen that. And I try to just tell myself, no, she was happy. It's all fiction. She was happy with her later husband. We'll talk about in a sec, but I think that, 
uh, we also see that sometimes there is a bit of remorse. And maybe this is why um, the unrequited lover's trope is, you know, carrying this book on so many generations later, because she does have this piece of her that's like, I don't want to marry him. But then when he marries her sister, Amy, later, Amy's like, I'm all about that. Riches, money, fun. Um, Joe's like a little wistful, like, oh my gosh, I passed up this dear person in my life out of the desire for something different, something new. Um, And so maybe that's where my girls get the seven is that whole FOMO. Um, But I almost think her larger than life fast paced eightness was what kind of also kind of took her out of the running for him because she was running so fast and so hard that she missed him. And the good news is for all the characters that she did get to keep him as a brother weird as that might sound, but she said she really, you know, loved him as a brother. And then the other guy who ends up being somebody that she went to basically school with because he was tutoring boys and she was, uh, you know, being a nanny to some other little children a little bit later in the story. And she meets him as a professor, Professor Bear, and she calls him Friedrich. And they have a lot of banter and he challenges her in her writing to go deeper, to make it work more. And he gives her that polarity of like speaking up to this feisty girl and I think that because he held an esteemed place, uh, and I think he was probably an eight or a um, possibly a one with the critiquing or a five, Hannah thought, a um, little harder for me to type. Um, he's not my favorite character, so it's hard for me to place anything around people who I'm not like super into their characters. But um, But I can see that there are great elements of him. And I do like some of the moments where they have a lot of fun with children together. And I think that it's uh, fun to look at how she, whatever his typology, how she ended up falling for somebody who she needed. And so sometimes that happens where you're like, you know, maybe the, the wild chemistry and passion wasn't there, but what was there was this awareness that I got somebody that would be good for my soul and would make me a better person. And I wouldn't just be lazy with them and kind of shadows everywhere because we're just out, you know, painting the town red, but we're actually making lives better. And so I love the story for that reason. I think it's a great one to watch with your family, to have some healthy fun, any debates about, or even just to grab a box of tissues and to sob through um, because there's a lot of moments like that. And the soundtrack is a great one while you're cooking your holiday meals or riding to work. If you're like, man, I have to work over this holiday, like have some fun with Little Women. It's an epic tale. You won't be sorry. And as you can see, there's so much to talk about all these years later. There's a longing, there's joy. There's satisfaction, there's embarrassment, there's shame, and there's growth. So anyway, have a wonderful time with that. And then don't forget, we have a course coming in January if you need an Enneagram and Marriage reboot, or if you just want some time together. I love to teach live. I have been doing this exclusively with my coaches, and now I'm going to get to do this with you too if you join our five-week course. And I did decide to bring it into five weeks so that people could really get a digestible palate and then move ahead with success of knowing you did five hour long courses with me. You can take them on recording or you can take them one by one with me live. And I'm so grateful we're going to be starting those. And I have a very special coupon for half off right now. Use the code Black Friday and you'll get half off the course. So I'm very excited about that too. And you get some bonuses. So everything is in the show notes for you. Make sure you check it out and I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye and happy Thanksgiving. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. 
If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show as well as EnneagramAndMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.